0: To another episode of For the Love of Sports, my name is Michael Brazil, and this is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. Today, my special guest, Michael Raymond, he is an NBA player agent, founder of Raymond Representation. Big Mike, how you doing today, buddy?
1: Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate that.
0: Great introduction. I'm feeling great. I like, um, (laughs) introducing is fun. I I try and add a little pizzazz, a little, little flair to it. Get some, have some fun with it, but no, excited, excited to talk about you, man. Excited to talk to you, learn a little bit more about you, your profession and everything you've been rocking with because uh, this world of agents is very interesting. Um, you know, one thing that I did learn growing up was to get into sports you're either going to sell tickets or you're going to become an agent. Turns out that's not completely true, but I am interested in what it's like being an agent, what you do, how you do it, how you're helping so many athletes and why the NBA, I guess. Um, I think that's an interesting one as well. But the first question I have for everybody, Mike, on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much?
1: Oof, I mean, where could I start? I grew up in sports. You know, I played basketball my entire life. Um, you know, I'm actually six foot seven and two twenty five, so yeah. I played ba- Yeah, so I played basketball. You know, middle school, high school. You know, I played a lot in college as well. Um, didn't actually play competitive in college, but I played. You know, all the IMs and you know fraternity leagues and you know in the practice facilities, all that. So I've been around sports forever. I'm uh, I'm actually a diehard Eagles fan. Oh, My, uh, buddy. Yeah, sorry. No. I, know I know you're in New Jersey, right? I know you're. Come in New Jersey. on. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about uh, that. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so my, my family's actually from Philadelphia. Every single person in my family except myself, which is the most ironic part of it all because mm-hmm. my dad is actually a Dolphins fan because he actually came to Miami when he was very young at like 18 years old. So he actually wasn't a big Eagles fan. And um, you know I've kind of turned my family into an Eagles fan um, over the years, so I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Carson Wentz was one of my favorite players. I was very sad to see him go. Um, yeah, so I love sports. I mean, I listen. I'm watching sports with my buddies almost every single night. You know, I think it brings people together. Um, you know, you get to have these relationships with athletes. You know, especially now, me working in the business, um, it's it's really a special thing to to be a part of because you you really get to see you know the other side of it not the not the encore stuff, but you get to see the family life. You know, the the, the kids, the charities, and how they give back to the community and all that stuff. So sports is just the greatest thing on the planet. And, um, I'm sure you can agree. Like we all love sports and, you know, being a fan is one thing and it's, it's such a fun experience to be a fan, but to be in the business is, is even more fun in my opinion. So yeah, man, I love, I love, I love basketball. I love football and I, I watch everything.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's really fun for you. You know, as you said, you you kind of get to see the other side of things like, you know, growing up as kids, we <clears> idolize <throat> these athletes. We think they're the greatest thing ever. Um, yeah. at least when you and I were a little bit younger, right? Like that was kind of, um, social media wasn't a thing quite yet. Now we can really see behind the scenes and see what these athletes are like, or at least what they like to let us think they are like, which I think is a very important part of social media, right? It's not the actual story. It's the pieces of the story they want to tell you. But uh, I, I just think it's really, you know, important for people to understand, you know, as you said, like the, It's the off the court stuff. It's everything else. We see them on TV. We see Steph drop, you know, 10 three pointers in a game, which is incredible. Uh, And then we also can see that his wife has a cooking show. And, you know, his daughter is, you know, remember her from the finals like five years ago. Like, how cute was she? You know, that whole thing. And I think that's really important to kind of humanize these athletes, because every just about every single professional athlete I ever met it's just a person like they're they're just a person that is like hella good at basketball like that is the essential only difference now sometimes the ego gets in the way and they're dickheads but that is anybody (laughs) you know you you could (laughs) be you know just a you know you could be a great player agent and also be a dickhead that has nothing to do uh but i think that part is really important and i guess like what Uh, that aspect of it, like what is some of the cooler things that you have learned? And I'm excited to get kind of get into your story a little bit, but you bring it up. Like, what are some of the things that you have seen working with athletes that like kind of just completely blew your mind when you got to see kind of the behind the camera aspects of what's going on?
1: So one, you hit the nail on the head They're they're humans first. Right. And, you know, that's one thing I preach is when I, you know, even just for an example, if I'm doing like a post via, you know, social media or something like that, um, on LinkedIn or Instagram, I always say, I always say it that he is like a wonderful human being. You know, like I'm like mm-hmm. my client, Justin Gray, like one of the best human beings, you know, cause they're humans first. And, you know, just like you said, everybody puts them in this bubble and they have a lot of pressure on them and everyone looks at them as like, you know, a star or they, you know, get, they, they get star Trek when they see him. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you saw some of the conversations that I've had with some of my guys, you know, it's the same conversation that we're having right now. There's, there's nothing different to it. So you know, these guys, what I what I've noticed and, and what is what's been a real blessing in this in this whole business, and you know, I don't know where I got this from, but I just I guess I learned it over the years. But just being real, genuine, and authentic mm-hmm. with these guys is what they want. Because, you know, in a humble way, I say this in a very humble way, but you know, there's obviously a lot of agents out there. There's tons of them. You know, there's there's guys I look up to and I idolize. Like I love Rich Paul, I love everything he's doing. Um you know, some of the, the guys that have been in the business for a long time, like Lee Steinberg, you know, obviously Maximum Respect, Rosenhaus and um, Mark Bottlestein and all these guys. Um, but these players, they get bombarded by agents all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm keeping them out of it. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. the other 10,000 that there are in the world. And none of them are real and genuine and trustworthy anymore. They all Everything is so transactional. And that's something that I immediately wanted to change and make sure that I never became a part of that. So, you know, yeah, it might not be good for business all the time, but I'd rather stay true to who I am and um, you know, build real meaningful relationships with these guys and that's something that I I've, I've done in the past 9 months and it's been an amazing experience so far. And um, you know, one of the things that I that I've noticed is, you know, when they're overseas for an example, this is a great example, when a when of player's are overseas, a lot of them have so much free time, you know. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think they do, but they do. So, you know they practice for a couple hours a day, and then they're in their they're in their place chilling. They're playing Xbox. They're playing PlayStation. You know they're texting me. You know I might be getting on later tonight, like with Aubrey Dawkins and some of my other guys, and we might be playing some Xbox. You know like, these are the things that go on that not every person that's trying to break into the business necessarily will, mm-hmm. will think happens, but it does happen. It's just it's just life. It's just life. So. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, they just be, they're putting a bubble and I think to humanize them a little bit more is just, is just the way to do it. And to really just learn about where they came from, their story, their family background. And, you know, that can really, really humble a person and kind of put it into reality for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody comes from somewhere different. All of our, uh, you know, all of our (laughs) thoughts and feelings are usually shaped by our experiences that we've had in the past. So I think it's really understand. You have to understand who these people are. And I mean, you know, I I totally agree with you having it, having such a transactional relationship, in my opinion, in anything in life is not very fun. I want to talk to the waiter. I want to talk to the, you know, the girl at Starbucks or the guy at Starbucks or whoever, and just, I don't know. What are you, what are you doing today? You doing anything fun later? What, what are your plans for <laughs> dinner? Like, I don't know. Like, let's, yeah. we're, we're all people or we're all on this flying rock. Right. So like, let's just have a good time. And you know, I like talking to people and asking questions as you well know. So exactly. I think that part is, you know, it's so short, short sighted to just have these extremely transactional relationships because, you know, as the agent, I understand, man, you got to make your nut. You got to make your money. You got to, pay for your family and you know your bills who the hell am I I'm not here to say what is right and what is wrong but I completely agree with you developing real relationships over time is really what's going to bring you know the most to you anyway because a warm lead is the best lead right so if you develop a really great relationship with a guy and it turns out that that guy he didn't make it too far but man his younger brother's incredible who do you think that guy's going to tell his younger brother to go to right so I think that is the most
1: I'll add one thing to that because that was one of the most important things that you just said. Because I, I've realized that over this past year, that one, the basketball world is so oh, small. Oh,
0: yeah, that too.
1: It is so small, and everybody knows each other. Um, just to give you an example, I was on the phone with a, with a top recruiter in Florida today, and literally, he knew one of my clients who's like one of the most low key guys, you know, he's not even playing anywhere right now. And you would, th- you would never think that they would know each other. And he goes, you know, he played on my AAU team. You know, I love that kid. His family's great. So, like, that's a great example. And, you know, with these guys, um, you know, they don't all work out. But if you look at like someone like a Rich Paul, right? You know, obviously he had LeBron. You know, he had LeBron to start off with. But look what he's done with that. And Mm -hmm. he's done that through real, meaningful relationships. And that's why everybody loves him. And he gets maximum respect from everybody that comes across his path. So, you know the problem with the agent business is that unfortunately you know over the over the you know the generations that it's been going on is it's been a very shady business and you know i'm not hiding from like you know i know that i'm not like you know i'm not stupid i know and it's been very transactional you know players getting paid and you know players sign with sign with these guys that they don't really like or they don't really have a relationship with they're just doing it for you know the connections or the network or the money and you know i'm going to have to deal with that Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go through those things. And, you know, the one thing that I'm going to do is stay true to who I am and what I want my company to represent. And, you know, if that means that I don't get some big name guy, I don't want that big name guy if he's not going to, if this is not going to be a real relationship that I can build over, you know, my career. And, you know, I see it going both ways. You know, we're both building a foundation and a career together. So if it's someone that I'm, you know, basically paying to be my friend, you Know, I'm not into that at all, so that's something that I'll definitely shy, uh, stay away from. So,
0: yeah, and I, I think one, um, a uh, great example of that, I had the opportunity to interview AJ Vaynerchuk. Um, so Gary Love V's it. younger brother, uh, they're yep. running um Vayner Sports right now. They started, yep. I think, in football, if I'm not mistaken, and they pretty much expanded to everything. They're in esports, they're in you know, NBA, NFL, they're literally in everything. And it was really interesting to hear them talk because even they said, like, hey, like we have real conversations with these guys and we want to understand who they are as people because a, that's how we can make them the most money. If we know the, the partnerships and the marketing that we can go after, because we have to be real and authentic. More importantly, we don't want to work with dicks. Like we don't want to work yeah. with people that are bad people. Like him and his exactly. brother have pretty much like made their brands around. We want to work with good people, good human beings that are trying to do good. Um, that again, I love AJ. freakishly good at MBA. Yeah, no, he was awesome. Yeah. He was in my book. Go buy my yeah. book.
1: But he I've was awesome. Fa- <laughs> hey, I'll plug your book. I'm gonna thanks. But- it. <laughs> no, I, I've been following Gary V and AJ for years and years, and I I love what he has done with Vayner Sports. I mean, talk about something that I've been kind of following, and you know, kind of adding little touches to my sports agency as well as you know is what they're doing. So. Love it i love what they're doing that's so awesome. let's
0: let's get into you a little bit more um yeah when did you when did you decide you know hey you know this nba thing i want to be i'm kind of tall i can't play but let's uh no okay <laughs> uh i want to i want to be a rep i want to be an agent was it was it the flash yeah. was it the pizzazz was it the big car the fancy cars the the big yeah. jewelry or what was it that uh, made I, you I'll think tell you.
1: That <laughs> i'll tell you we don't have none of that yet We don't. Have what no way that's uh, crazy yeah, i just yeah. thought
0: you become an agent and now you're like rich when you just blinged out all yeah. the time
1: Sounds, sounds like all the other 99% of the kids, right? But um Love it. No, that's that's pretty funny. So, I mean, let me take you back a little bit, just so just, you just give a little bit of a background. So, you know, I went to UCF as an undergrad, and uh, I was an economics major. And um, early on, I always knew I wanted to go to law school. So I was going to go to law school. I didn't know where exactly I was going to go to law school, but I always had plans to go to University of Miami. That was my goal. Um, I just knew that Miami was going to be the best place for me, especially with sport and entertainment, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't, who doesn't understand that, you know, Miami's just popping all the time. Um, you know, just with networking, with community, the U, you know, with basketball related events, you know, players come here in the off season, in the summertime, it was the place for me to be. So I knew that early on, which was good.
0: Um, networking too, right? The network yeah, in Miami, everyone. I'm sure is fantastic.
1: Yeah. So everything, you know, everything in between, you know, my mom is a designer down here. She has a good network of lawyers and that kind of stuff too. So I was like, I want to utilize that as well. Um, So early on, I knew that. And um, yeah, so I I actually was an economics and a sport business major. So I did sport business as well. And I actually ended up becoming the student president for the sports business program for my last two years there at UCF. So, you know, that was an amazing opportunity. And um, that's where my agency Stuff kind of started growing in me. Um, so, luckily enough, I had an amazing mentor, and uh, I shout him out. I shout him out almost every single time I do a podcast or interview. But um, Scott Buxton, he's the director of the sports program at UCF, and his, his his co-director is Keith Harrison, who's the two best human beings I've ever met on this planet. And they really took me under their wing, and not only educated me, you know, not only were my professors, but you know, just talked about life and you know girls and cars and basketball and cba and everything in between you know everything so his brother is actually the assistant gm of the phoenix suns and he worked in the agent business so when i tell you that that scott had tons of knowledge and insight on the agent business i mean he could teach 20 courses in a semester on, on the agent business so he was on that immediately sparked my interest right and what's funny is he actually told me to not get in the agent business Every day he was like do not do it do not do it it's a shark eat shark world you're going to hate it he's like you know go to law school be a lawyer you know you don't need to go work in a law firm because i know that's not for you i know you're not really into that but like you know go be a sports and entertainment attorney maybe do some ip or something like that and as he continued to see me build community in the school and in the basketball world in orlando you know i was working with the magic i was working with ucf athletics i was working with the players i was working with pro players in the area he was like, I see Michael's, you know, he's definitely maybe built for this agent game. You know, he might be doing, he's doing things that I didn't think that he would be able to do. And, you know, obviously I respected hearing that and it was great. And that kind of gave me the push that I needed to keep going. So then I went through a struggle of getting into University of Miami. I actually took the LSAT four times. And How many times ter- do most people take it? <laughs> most people probably take it once or twice. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm a terrible test taker. So I knew that. And um I ended up taking it four times, went through some depression in between. Um, so finally got into University of Miami after you know connecting with as many people as possible and just doing anything possible to get in. I mean, I got letters of recommendation that were like you know crazy and grinded and drove down here like 10 times. Sorry, someone's calling me 20 times. So then when I got here, I kind of took a break. You know, I was while I was in Orlando, I was connecting with agents all the time. I was networking. I was going to dinners. I was going to coffee meetings. Um, I was talking to trainers and coaches and players. And and that's the most important thing, actually, is the trainers and the coaches and, you know, getting into that network. So that's what I did for three years while I was at UCF. And then in Miami, your first year of law school is a grind. So you really have to just lock in for the first year of law school. I mean, there's not much you can really do on the side. Um, You know, I just worked out a lot played basketball, continued to network with some guys, um, you know, met with some agents here and there. And then in the summertime, you know, this is right before COVID was about to hit. So um, in the summertime, I um, I was working with an agent who was in Orlando that I knew of. And I was actually talking to a bunch of other agencies and, you know, the MBPA I was talking to for internships and all that stuff. And everything got canceled. Everything got canceled because of COVID. So. Thankfully, you know, I had one friend that was an agent, had a couple players, had a couple UCF guys. So I ended up working with him and, you know, he put me under his wing, gave me some great projects, some great experience. We went to the practice gyms. Um, I did some scouting reports, that whole thing. And, uh, you know, got a little bit of a taste of like what a pre-draft is like um, on a small level, but it mm-hmm. was great. And I also was working at a law firm at the same time. So I was doing some legal research and writing for a law firm as well. Um, just trying to get some law school experience, you know, law firm experience under my belt. but I knew right away it wasn't for me. I was like definitely staying away from the law, the yeah. law firm stuff. So you know, obviously I'll continue to network with lawyers and that whole thing, but I'm gonna stay away from working a nine to five behind a behind a law desk. I, definitely not for me. Um, so yeah, I did that. and then that's really when Raymond representation started. So I didn't I didn't think that this was gonna happen at this point. This was always a goal of mine. It was always a dream. Um, you know, everybody has their own dream to start their own agency, like that wants to get into business. Um, but really my roommate, who's actually my VP of marketing and works with me, he looked at me one day in, in my house in Weston, where my family lives. And he was like, you should just change your Instagram name to Raymond Representation so nobody else could take it. And really that's how it started. I, like, I, like, I swear that's how it started. So he told me to do that and I did. And then, you know, we were sitting there as school was getting ready to start back up. And I was like, I was always getting messages from athletes and guys that I knew saying, like, my agent sucks, you know, I don't have a good relationship with this guy, like, you know, I have no exposure. I need to get overseas. I want to play, you know, I need help with this and that. And I was like, I can help these guys now. You know, you don't necessarily need any certification, you know, any of the all that, you know, all the stuff that people think they would need to start helping these guys now. I knew that I could add value. I knew that I can help them. So what I what I what I started off doing was I was just running social media for a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. I was doing social media, I was doing sponsorships via social media. You know, I was helping them with brand management and kind of like doing cool graphic design work and stuff like that. Um, you know, I put together a team of like video editors and graphic editors that were doing stuff for me for my players. And that's how I started to build relationships with a lot of guys. And then, you know, there was other guys that were hitting me up cuz they knew I was very well connected with a lot of agents. So they were like, "Can you send my name to this agent?" And I was like, "You know what? I could do more than that." I was like, I'm going to put together a scouting report for you. You're going to, like, you know, obviously you're going to pay me. I'll put together a full scouting report for you, you know, what these agents want to see something clean, simple, you know, appealing to the eye with video highlights and the whole shebang. And not only did I send it to agents that I knew, but I also sent it to teams for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if a deal came in, I would just work with some, with a FIBA agent that I already knew and be like, listen, you want to make free money? You don't have to do anything. I got the contract ready for you right now. Just literally sign off on them. And you'll be able to get some free money out of it. You know, we split the commissions and call it a day. So that's really how it started. And then it really just exploded after that, like for two or three months. I mean, I was I signed 10 guys in like wow. two months. Um, you know, some 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 of my closest friends wanted to work with me, which was a blessing. I mean, to tell you when like I talked to like like Aubrey and Justin, like these guys coming to work with me was like, you know, at first it was like a joke in our friend group, you know, like mm-hmm. Mike wants yeah. to be the that whole thing. And to actually be able to work with them now, like, is 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 crazy to me, and um, you know, it gives me it gives me chills sometimes because it's, it's so cool to me. Um, but yeah, so we did that. We started working with an esports team. You know, out of UCF, I, I had some friends that started an esports team, and they started to pop off. They were playing some Call of Duty tournaments, and they won a big tournament, made it, made some good money. Um, so we were doing some sp- sponsorship and partnerships with them. Um, I got two golfers now. We're we're getting into the influencer business a little bit with the whole NIL thing going on, and mm-hmm. you know we have we have a big influencer. We just signed Clifford Taylor, who's an ex UF tight end. Um, you know, played behind Kyle Pitts, but he's a huge influencer. and has a great following. Um, yeah, so I mean, my focus will always be the NBA agent side of things. You know, that's going to be where I'm kind of growing and pushing. But on the side, we have a bunch of little side hustles that are just you know paying the bills, but also getting get, gaining that experience, gaining that network, and just continue to learn.
0: So it been great. I, I love it, man. I think it is, uh, you know, again, taking advantage of a, a pretty bad situation and what the pandemic is uh, and, and turning it into something positive, right? Like that's, yeah. you can dwell on the negative uh, and obviously a lot of shitty things has happened over the year and change, uh, right? But if we focus on the positive and, and keep that to your mindset the, of always trying to be and do what you can, as you said, you said the magic words, add value to other people. I think that's extremely important without the expectation of anything in return, right? I think that, is exactly how you're going to become successful in this business. And it clearly is starting to, to, to roll that way. And, you know, you started talking about, Hey, well, it we're influencer business and esports athletes were the original influencers, right? Like that, that's like the, I, someone said that once and I was just like, Holy shit. Like that is so true. Like they were the so original true. influencer, yeah, right? There's like so actors true. and actresses and athletes and, and that's about it. And now obviously yeah. we have social media and all this other shit, but I think it's really important for people to understand that. And I really like how, Hey man, you got to pay your bills. So whatever you can yeah. help with hey, a sponsorship deal. Let's, let's, let's not be hey, crazy. I was, doing,
1: this. I was doing everything for free for the first, like five, six months. Good. And then that's, that's when like my business mind started to come in. Like, all right, I'm in law school. Like, this is a lot of time. <laughs> I got to start, I got to start making some money doing this. Cause like, you know, if you don't turn it into, you know, a business, a business soon, you know, soon you'll just start running yourself low. And you mm-hmm. know, I was like, I was I was exhausted. I was on the phone all day sending emails for these guys and, you know, doing all this work and I was, you know, barely scrapping anything out of it. So I was like, you no, know, I want to add value. I want to help, but I got to start building a business out of this. So that's, Absolutely. you know, that's what we've been doing over the past six months. And now, you know, now everything's going a lot better. So it's been great.
0: Know your worth. But also again, understand yeah. like if you like a sponsorship deal is a sponsorship deal. Are there differences yeah. across the industries or across sports? Absolutely. But is there that yeah. much different? No, I mean, I, I would, I would say, no, I would say, you know, if you understand, again, you have a relationship with the people that you're representing and understand what that brand is looking for and how you can connect those things authentically. That's essentially what you need to know for sponsorship deals. Everything else can be learned. Right. So I think that's really important. And it sounds like you've been able to do that a lot. And so I guess, you know, with, with the pandemic, with being able to help these guys, your friends, you know, you said one thing before that I definitely want to uh, highlight just once, um, you, you said to build a relationship with a lot of these guys, you're going to play Call of Duty. Like, if there's any kids out there listening, like, come on. <laughs> that doesn't sound like an absolute blast. Building a relationship by doing something that you love with someone else because they love it, that is the best way to do it. And it's actually funny that that's how you gained a relationship with someone because uh, I had uh, Darren Glover on, who actually works for Vayner Sports on their esports side, and he worked with uh, Tyus Jones, uh, formerly yeah. of duke i think he's yes, on the grizzlies now if i'm not mistaken um yep, he worked he worked with he he was friends with him growing up but that you know like the way they st- kind of start he started you know you know pseudo representing him was they were playing call of duty one night he's like wait you're, you're like kind of famous why don't you stream this to your friends and like that's kind of <laughs> how it happened. so it's funny how things happen over call of duty for our generation it's pretty yeah. pretty interesting how that works out but I guess, talk to me a little bit more. As you said, you're trying to focus more on the NBA. Uh, That's kind of where you're looking to grow most. I I can understand why it's, it's pretty coveted. It's one of the two biggest sports I would say in the country uh, easily at this point. So definitely something to pay attention to. How, how does somebody become an NBA player agent? Talk to me about that process and everything else behind it, because you said before, like to do overseas stuff, like (laughs) it seems like the wild west almost, I feel like the NBA is a little bit more, um, Structured, yeah. processed, if I may.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a perfect word to describe the whole FIBA overseas game. I mean, it's definitely the wild, wild west. There's so many FIBA agents out there. There are so many scammer FIBA agents out there that are not really agents, and it's crazy that some of these players like just all they have to do is look up on Google the FIBA agent directory, and they could tell who's an agent or who's not. But when it comes to that overseas game, you know, they're getting messages mm-hmm. by all these guys all the time. So, um, you know, I've kind of shied away from the overseas. You know, when it comes to some of these higher tier, middle tier, you know, G League, low tier NBA level guys, um, you know, I'll place them overseas because you know I don't care about the money. Um, They could make some good money overseas, but like I don't care about the money. It's just like, you know, I'd rather help some of these guys that I could place easily. But when it comes to some of these overseas teams, I mean talk about the wild wild west i mean it's ridiculous i mean there's so most of those
0: contracts are like one year contract i've never heard of someone having like a three-year contract at all yeah
1: and and they're nothing i mean during covid everybody a lot of players took a huge hit i mean they were making like two three thousand a month which you know the agent's making like two three hundred dollars off that so i mean it's 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 a lot of work for you know not a lot of money in return so i mean kudos to you if you're a fiba you know fiba agency and like that's what you're you know, I know I know a few great guys right now that are FIBA certified agents and they have a you know huge agency and they do really well. Um so the MBA side of things, so first of all, let me clear some things up because I know I know you want me to tell the, the kids this. One, you don't need to go to law school. You definitely do not need what? to go to law school. That's so I'm gonna tell you that now. Don't need to go to law school, just somehow it turns out like ninety-nine percent of the agents they went to law school, but you don't need to go to law school. Um what you do need to do is a couple things, and and this is where it starts. So um, obviously, you have to you have to fill out an application with the MBPA, right? So, like you said, the MBPA is a lot more structured. There's a lot less agents. Um, I think there's only you know maybe the low the low hundreds. I think you know compared to FIBA, there's like thousands. Um, so you have to file an application with the MBPA and it's fifteen hundred dollars, and you do a background investigation check. And so once you do that, you know most people, I'm sure, you know they pass with with no issues. Um, then you have to actually take a 50-question multiple choice exam that's on the CBA and all the rules and regulations of the MBA. So um, it's not the hardest exam in the world. Not easy. Definitely not easy. Um, definitely got to grind. I mean, for me, it was very tough to study for it because I'm in law, I'm in law school too. So I was kind of grinding both mm-hmm. at the same time um, and and working with all the, my guys. So it was like, you know, it was crazy, but I, you know, it wasn't too bad. I, you know, I got it done and uh, definitely not as hard as a law school exam, but um, so yeah, study for that, grind it for that, and you have to pass that exam. You have to get forty-two out of the fifty questions correct. And once you pass that exam, the MBPA says, "Okay, now you owe us twenty-five hundred dollars with agent dues for the year." So, it's like on four, top of all, yeah, like four so, grand just to yeah, become so, an agent, actually. So, exactly. So that that's something that I'm going to preach out right now is if you want to be an agent and you're a young student, you know, I recommend saving some money mm-hmm. because if you don't have any money, you know, that's just a start because. To give you another example is like imagine I signed a first round pick right now. You know, I just got certified last month, but imagine I had a top 10 guy. You're throwing another thirty to forty thousand dollars on pre-draft expenses for the entire summer to throw him in an apartment in Miami, to get him a trainer in Miami, to, you know, get him on a nutritional plan, on top of like going out to eat and all the mm-hmm. other crap, you know, the car rentals and everything. So you know, some guys. Obviously, some guys you need more than others. You know, top ten guy, you're gonna have to throw a little bit more money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it you know, it all if
0: he's drafted in the top ten, though, right? Yeah, of course. Tenfold, of course. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, maybe yeah, not tenfold. So, yeah, but, but, yeah, no, of course. I mean, listen, you're taking a chance on these guys, and they're taking a chance on you. So you know, sure. you're building a relationship two ways. So you know, one, they're they're expecting you to mentor them and guide them in the right direction. And then two, you're praying that they get drafted and turn into be, you know, an all-star level player. And that's, you know, that's kind of the more exciting part of the whole business. You know, it's kind of exciting because it is kind of like, you know, it's like a lottery. It's like, mm-hmm. you get lucky, you don't, you know, there's first round guys all the time that don't make it, that don't end up being good players in the NBA. And it's just, it's tough to make it in the NBA. That's why, I mean, like, like most people know, it's, you know, it's not as hard to get in the NBA as it is to stay in the NBA. You know, that's what I say to a lot of my guys. It's like, it's one thing to get there, but it's one thing to stay for for a couple of years and then get that second contract where you can make serious money. So
0: that's where you make all the money.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I just, I mean, just to give you an example, like agents, like they get, they get 4%. There's a whole, there's a whole like rookie scale Mm -hmm. on this whole thing that you got to look at. So, you know, they get 4% if they get 4%, you know, usually it's zero to four. So you negotiate it with the player, whatever he wants to give you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you could be walking away with like, 70, $80,000. 70, $80,000. And after all the stuff that you just paid for, it ain't a lot. Mm-hmm. So you're really taking a chance on this guy and you're really building a relationship for the next three or four years, because that second contract and the endorsements and the marketing and the off the court is where you're going to make your 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 money for your career. It's and- not going to be getting drafted.
0: As, as an agent, as a newer agent, how are you instilling confidence in these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that you are the right person for the job and you know the best trainers and you know the best mental health trainers? And how, how are you, A, networking to find these people and, and instilling confidence in them, but then also Talking with, I mean, I mean, man, like kudos to you for just talking to 18 year old kids. Cause I remember the dumb shit that I thought (laughs) at 18, I can only imagine if it's like, Hey, you're going to get a couple million dollars pretty soon, Mike, like have fun with that. Like what, what is that dynamic? Like on both sides, one, like the, the network that you need to have to ensure that this 18, 19 year old kid is successful, but then also just dealing with a 19 year old kid and I'm assuming their family.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So that's something that I'm learning. You know, I've learned this year a lot. Because, you know, this is the first year that I really dove into the business. So, you know, talking to players a lot. And, you know, that's one thing that I tell tell a lot of students if they want to get in the business or anybody wants to get in the business is, you know, doing it the route that I did it instead of like going to work for a big agency, like as an intern or something like that. I think the way that I did it is actually a little bit better because you're gaining the experience firsthand. Like, you're not working for another agent that's telling you what to do. You're doing it all. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm talking to players every single day. I'm talking to their families every single day. And like, yeah, not every conversation is the smoothest conversation that like, you know, I hang up and I'm like, damn, I should have said that better. You know, I could have done this better. And that happens. And I'm just learning every single day. So that's been, that's been a blessing. It's a blessing. So as long as you're um, aware
0: of it, I think that's the important yeah, part. You have to be aware of, course. of it. You have to make sure yeah. that you're physically, not physically, but like purposefully listening to the things that are coming out of your mouth to make sure yeah, that you can get better.
1: Absolutely. at Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, the number one thing is to listen, right? So you got to listen and be open ears and to yourself and to them. You got to listen. And you know, one thing, one thing when it comes to networking with the players is, you know, one, this is my first year in, and COVID kind of screwed up everything when it comes to like in person. Mm-hmm. So you know, one way, one way to network with players is to go to a lot of events, right? And you know, not all agents are are like that. You know, some agents are big enough where they don't even need to go anywhere and they can sign whoever they want, like Rich Paul and some of these other guys. But You know, someone like me that's breaking into the industry. And also I'm a very personable guy. I'm a very talkative guy. Like I want to be there. Like, you know, I'm a facey guy. You know, I love basketball. I love watching high school basketball. So I want to be at every event possible. So like that's that's my number one thing, right? So it's, you know, once COVID's gone, you know, this summer I plan to go to, you know, Summer League and some of these big tournaments, Pete's Jam and all that stuff. So that's that's the first way, right? And then the second way is something that I feel like we've actually differentiated ourselves a little bit better than some of the other agencies. And I'm seeing a couple agencies start to do it now, but it's social media, right? So, you know, social media is, is the best thing ever. I mean, this phone, this phone, I could talk to almost 50 plus ESPN top 100 recruits in 2022, 2023 through this phone. So, you know, I could go on Instagram and, you know, depending on their following and, you know, who they are, you know, a lot of these guys are still very low key that are in high school or middle school and you know you can just build a relationship with them you don't got to talk business you know you don't got to talk signing them or representing them you, know, you just say you I've been watching you play I'm a big fan you know this and that you know hop on call of duty you know build a relationship talk about cars talk about life talk about school and you know that's that's another great way and that's something that I saw a lot of agents not doing so you know obviously there's agents that don't need to do social media because yeah. they're 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 conglomerates and they're making tons of money but there's a lot of agents, and I, I'm confident when I say this because I've done the due diligence on this. I've looked up so many agencies and agents on social media, and they have terrible Instagrams. They have, you know, barely any posts. They don't they don't market their clients. They don't do any branding. their Their websites are trash. Their LinkedIn's are trash. And I, I'm telling the truth, like it, it's really the truth. And it's these older guys that just don't care about social media. And unfortunately, I think that they're going to get pushed to the curb in the next like. Five to 10 years. I'm not saying right now, but I think in the next five to 10 years, you'll start to see a lot of players, and you're starting to see it now go with some of these younger guys that are just coming out of law school or coming out of school and becoming an agents because one, social media is the biggest thing in the world, right? It's the biggest thing. It's the number one way to network with people. Um, you know, I'm saying like all the platforms together. And COVID was a perfect example yep. because you couldn't go anywhere to talk to these players. You couldn't go to their, you couldn't fly to their houses. Their parents didn't want people that were random in their houses talking to them. Couldn't go to their games because there was no games. You know, you couldn't go to tournaments, you couldn't network. So in my head I'm thinking like, what are all these agents doing? You know, what are all these agents doing? And you know, that's why, that's why I put such a huge emphasis on building my social media and marketing myself. And you know, it's not perfect. There's a lot of things I could do a lot better and that's something that I'm just gonna keep learning to do. Um, you know, I put, a, I put together a team behind me that helps me with all that stuff, you know, getting on podcasts like this one and, you know, just just being real and being genuine so, so players could see who I am before I even have to talk to them. And that's like the whole thing is, you know, I could send, you know, Justin Gray could hit me up, right? And be like, listen, I have a player that's going to make it to the league. He wants to talk to you. You know, I could say, yo, here's my Instagram. Here's my website. Here's some stuff that I did. Send this to him before we have a conversation. Let him check me out, and then we'll hop on a Facetime or something. And when I tell you, like, they do all that, and they're like, they're like, I feel like I know you already because I've I've heard everything you've you know I've heard all these things you've had to say. You know, I like your style. I like what you're doing. You know, you're different. You're modern. A little bit innovative. And um, it's been social media has been such a great thing, but it is it's also a negative thing in a lot of ways. You know, I hate yourself Twitter. to others. Yeah. I hate Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Worst Twitter. Place is something Twitter. That I, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, I'm not big on Twitter, actually, to be honest. I'm big on LinkedIn. I'm big on Instagram. I like Clubhouse. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean- Oh, I'm Android. I don't even get Clubhouse yet. I'm so pissed off. So (laughs) many people keep sending me invitations. I'm like, I'm poor. I can't, I'm sorry.
1: No, Clubhouse is great. Clubhouse is cool. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, I I love social media and I hate social media. You know, Mm -hmm. I hate social media because a lot of people compare themselves to others, which I do every, I do it as well every single day. And it's a lot of negative energy that you don't need. But, um, you know what, at the end of the day, it's, it's more positive than negative. So
0: I was going to say, there's a lot of positivity. It sounds like you're shouting a lot of positivity too, which I think is important. And again, for these younger kids to understand as well as you you even threw out there, like kind of reaching out to middle schoolers, like it's, that is, that is something in itself, but it lends me to believe you're of that mentorship, that coaching mindset of, you know, you actually do want to help. And it does seem pretty obvious by the way you talk and, and the way you, you know, engage, about what you have done and what you plan on doing, which I think is really important. And it's, uh, it's, it's yeah. been a fun conversation, Mike, a couple more things, um, I do yeah. want to talk about more importantly. So you're talking about social media, social media is pretty mm-hmm. important, uh, especially when it comes to marketing and partnerships and sponsorships and how have you utilized social media and, and how do you view those marketing and partnership deals with athletes and with brands, how do you, you, do you utilize the same approach when looking for brands? Whereas like, Hey, like I'm going to, you know, look at everything that you have, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to, you know, be persistent. Like how is it the same type of approach when trying to deal with brands as it is when dealing with, you know, some of these players?
1: Yeah. So, um, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. I mean, depends on the brand depends on the player. You know, some of my players are a little bit more marketable than others. And I say that meaning like they have a bigger social media following, mm-hmm. or you know they care they care a little bit more about their like their their social media platforms. Like, you know, some of my guys are very low key and just want to play basketball, and you That's know they'll with deal that. with off the court stuff. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So you know I'll never complain. You know sometimes I'll be like, listen, I think you should get on Instagram. I think you should get on LinkedIn, and you know we could just do a couple of deals on the side. You know build your platform a little bit, but nothing wrong with that. Um, so yeah, I mean when I'm talking to these brands, I mean I have different approaches. You know sometimes. You know, I'm a very, uh, you know, I, I don't know the term for it, but like I, I see the vision when it comes to different brands. So like, you know, I was in Publix today and like I saw a brand that I was like, low, that was very low key and it was Miami and it was called lemon, like lemon perfect or lemon, some lemon water or something, but it tasted amazing. So like something that I do a lot and I, I really do this like a lot of the time is I'll literally just like get my phone and I'll post like a little Instagram story. I'll tag them and write like a little thing. And almost every single time they end up reposting it and they're like, thank you for sharing and whatever. And I'll send them a paragraph after saying like, hi, my name is Michael Raymond. Appreciate you guys reaching back out. You know, I have some clients that would love to work with you. Um, You know, we love your brand this and that if you're ever open to it. And majority of the time, you know, they're open to a conversation at least. So that's Mm -hmm. the way that I I network with a lot of them. And you know, another way is just cold emailing and cold messaging. A lot of these companies that my, my my clients want to work with, you know, for example, um, Justin Gray is a big workout guy. So like with him, we were looking at vegan nutritional companies, you know, protein companies, supplement companies. Um, you know, we just got him a deal with some, with some company for the summertime. that's going to, you know, do videos with workout equipment. Um, so it depends on their passions, their interests. Mm. That's a big thing of mine. Um, you know, like Aubrey loves cars and he loves games. So like, you know, I tried to get him involved with some esports stuff. So when he gets home, we're going to do a, a bunch of esports stuff, which is going to be awesome. And and the business is, is exploding, as you know. So, yes. esports is a great is a great way for these guys to break in. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing. And also, also another thing that I've been doing recently is, you know, I've been working with some of those other companies now that are focusing on that whole aspect of social media and the nil and all that stuff, like an open endorse mm-hmm. and a mogul. And you know, my guy James at Market Price. Oh, uh, he's. Yeah, yeah, James yeah. at Market Price. Yeah, he was awesome. I, know you know. I was gonna
0: say after we're done with this, I have a cool guy to introduce you to. But hey, yeah, sounds yeah. like you
1: already know him. So glad you're yeah, working. No, with yeah. him. It was awesome. Dude, I, I, I think you introduced us, but it was like two months ago. Really, so I forgot that was really nice yeah. of me. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so James at Market Price, like he's a great guy. He's an Eagles fan. Shout out. Oh him, so yeah, to I forgot fly. you both
0: suck. I forgot about that. Yeah,
1: diehard Eagles fan. So we had a great conversation, and he has a couple Eagles players signed up for Market Price, which was great. And um. You know, so partnering with companies like that, I love doing as well, because not only does that save me a lot of time, but it also gives me a lot more exposure to these companies, you know, some of these companies that I haven't seen before. Um, So that's another great thing. And, um, you know, on top of all the other stuff, you know, I can be talking Mm -hmm. to three, four companies a day on the phone or just, you know, building these connections.
0: I think you make a really good point with the actually, you know, so it was really funny. Um, We went through this really like we as society and like social media went through this thing where like back in the day, like... You know, like you would tweet at Wendy's and Wendy's would tweet back at you, it was like the most important thing ever. And then it kind of like got to the point where if you tweet at Wendy's and they didn't get back to you, it's like, what the fuck, Wendy's? Why aren't you tweeting back at me? Right? <laughs> like, it's so funny how yeah. we completely shifted yeah. from like this was like such a uh, novelty and like such a treat when so when a big brand actually said something to you, and now it's gotten to the point where like we'll just spam their support if they don't get back to us over like some $5 mistake that they made. And if we don't hear back from them, we're going to go scorched earth against them. Right. So it's like, it's really funny how we like really went a little far with that one, but I think it's important. Brands are paying attention, right? Like they understand social media is extremely important. If you, if you don't think that they're seeing just about everything that is posted, especially on Instagram about what they're doing and what they're saying and, you know, what people are saying about them, you're not thinking very hard. Um, So they will know.
1: also, just to be honest, like the easiest way to describe is, you know, if, you, if you're someone that wants to network with brands is just grinding it out and, and finding ways to network with these people. I mean, when I tell you the hours that I've spent or some of the people on my team have spent going on LinkedIn and like, you know, you go on the brand company website, you find out who runs their yep. social media marketing, who's the GM, you know, who's the director, this and that. And you go on LinkedIn, you go on Instagram, and you look up their names and then, you you know, you find those individual people. You know, I'm doing that every single day and takes takes a lot of time. It's a grind. It's a grind. That's that's all you could do to explain it. And you know, a lot of people just don't want to put in the extra time to do it. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've looked up a company and found some random person that works for them. And I hit them up and I'm like, listen, I got a client that's that's perfect for you guys. And I think we could do some really good stuff together. And it turns into something, you know, it turns into something. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a grind and another way of doing it. Of networking with all these guys is just going to these events as well, you know. Because like I said, basketball is such a small world; it's all connected. And you know, you can meet guys at Jordan Brand, you can meet guys at Adidas, you can meet guys at Ball's Life, House of Highlights. You know, all these big companies because they're at those events too. Mm-hmm. And I've had the I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of those guys. You know, I've, I've met some some big name company. You know, guys that work for some big name companies, and it's been very cool. And I just can't wait till the day. You know, I have an NBA level guy that I could start working with some of those big big companies like that. Like it's going to be it's going to be really a pleasure to do that. So I'm excited for that as well.
0: Keep doing your thing, man. You're going to get there in no time. And I'm excited for it. Also, yeah. you bring up Jordan Brand. How about uh, how about those Zions, man? Those were yeah, cool. yeah. Those yeah. pretty good. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Also, cool. what Very he cool. was saying about uh, MSG the other day is hysterical. I love it knew exactly what he was saying, (laughs) exactly why he was saying it, just stoking the fire a little bit. So got to respect him. He was so much fun to watch at Duke. He's been incredible in the NBA as well. Hopefully he actually gets to a real team so we can watch him play a little bit more often. So we'll be (laughs) fun. We'll be fun. But man, this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mike, you were awesome. I love how real you were. I love how open and honest you were. I think that's extremely important. And it's been something that you were telling me, um, then you did it. And then you told me you did it, which I really do appreciate. <laughs> so I think appreciate, that part is very important it. where, uh, I'll put everything in the show notes, but give me the, the Instagram LinkedIn website, anything that people, you want people to know about you, tell them then send me all those links. It'll be in the show notes for everyone as well.
1: Yeah. So I'm everywhere. I mean, I have my website, Raymond rep.com Raymond underscore representation on Instagram, uh, Raymond rep Twitter. We got a YouTube channel that we're posting a lot of our podcasts and a lot of interviews, interviews on, um, just so, you know, just to have that. And um, I'm in Miami. So if anybody's ever in Miami that's watching the show, wants to connect, any athletes, any coaches, any basketball people, anybody, um, I'm in Miami. I live in Brickell. I'm at University of Miami School of Law, obviously. So uh, you know where to find me. I, I ain't hiding anywhere. So i love Let's it is for it really a six foot seven guy
0: <laughs> yeah you're probably not that hard to, hard to <laughs> look, miss. look
1: for this logo i was gonna say lo-
0: love the logo and the really tall yeah. guy that's wearing the shirt i gotta i gotta ask though yeah, man yeah, you're yeah. in miami it's like almost may it's not sweatshirt weather is it for anyone that's just no, listening no. you're
1: in like a hoodie right now so like yeah no I mean, I mean, it's like 50 I keep... where i am but what do you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep it cold in my apartment but okay no, i'm gonna I'm, I'm actually gonna go on my little nightly walk soon so i'm gonna love i'm going to put a tank top on
0: Love it dude. Awesome. Mike, this was absolutely fantastic. Sincerely appreciate your time. Thanks everybody.
1: Yes, sir.